Welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Melissa, how are you this week? I am feeling good. We have made it to episode three, and I'm, of course, really excited about the topic that we're going to talk about today. How are you? I'm good. It's It's been a good week. I'm in New York City. I just had a great weekend, actually. Some of my friends and I, we do dumpling tours around the city. And this past weekend, we did a little dumpling tour in Flushing, Queens, and some of the best Chinese food in New York. So if you're ever in New York, go to Flushing, get some dumps. Dang. Is that like a early gold star for you right now? <laughs> I, you know, it should be. <laughs> I actually think it was going to be my gold star, and I completely forgot. But that's okay. There are lots of good things happening in the world that we can shout out. I'll find another one. (laughs) That sounds so good. I am – I mean, Charlotte does have really good food, but honestly, it just – nothing really compares to to New York City. So I'm green with envy with that. I haven't had good dumplings in a while. Um, I did, though, however, just had some good Korean fried chicken – uh, so as we're talking about Asian cuisine, I- I'm feeling that right now in a good way. Ah, <laughs> oh, jealous. I-, I love fried chicken and I love Korean fried chicken specifically too. <laughs> so that's amazing. Um, well, let's jump into our topic for the week, which I think is a big one for anyone who's looking to start something or make a change or even if it's, you know, sometimes it's the thing that prompts you to even think about making a change. And that mm. is feedback. Big, sometimes scary, but it shouldn't be feedback. Oh, where do we begin? Right it is a big <laughs> F word, right? It's triggering for some people. It's been triggering for me sometimes in the past. Yeah. So it's a big word. <laughs> Probably top five of my big F words is <laughs> feedback. I won't ask you to. I won't ask you to list the other four. No. <laughs> well, uh, one that's appropriate is failure. Uh, but yeah, we'll just keep yeah failure and feedback. How about that? Wait. So, what comes to mind when you think of feedback, or what what feeling do you get when you hear the word feedback? So, not gonna lie, when I first hear feedback, it typically is a negative feeling or. Maybe not a negative feeling, but just like a hesitation of like, oh no, what mm. do you mean you have feedback for me? It means I'm not doing something right. It means I'm not doing something well. Um, but feedback actually is not just that. You can have good feedback. And generally, I think it's just an understanding of like, I don't know, it's a great opportunity of of growth and learning. I say that right now as I'm not getting feedback from somebody. some For me personally, sometimes in the moment, feedback f- can feel like a lot and can feel overwhelming. Mm. But generally speaking, I think with good intention, feedback is great. Especially as, you know, when we when we think about piloting, we're, we're talking about this and like, what does how, like, what's the connection to feedback and, and piloting? It's this moment of just understanding yourself better and becoming better and being better. Um, We kind of touched on that on ambition as well in last episode too, but I think feedback just gets you closer to understanding 
what actually brings joy into your life and how can you infuse it more in things. And I don't know, it, it's like therapy. It'll probably like just surface things, things bubble up to the top and whether good or bad, you can decide what to do with that information, whether you receive it or not. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I think when I, when I think about feedback, my heart stops in the moment. And I don't know why, because I really appreciate feedback. I often solicit feedback proactively and I want people to tell me what they're thinking, what their thoughts, their observations are. But there is still that moment where my breath catches a little bit, right the second right before they start speaking, where I don't know what they're going to say. But I, I think feedback is is amazing. And I like that you mentioned that it can help surface things. I think for me, because I try to be pretty self-aware and that involves being aware of my strengths and also my areas for growth and opportunity, Mm -hmm. the best feedback is when someone can either point out something that I'm already aware of that needs Mm -hmm. tweaking or that is doing great and they just want to give it a high five or if they yeah. can point out something that I didn't have my finger on as the problem, but it answers a question that I've been asking myself. I think for me, feedback gets a little uncomfortable when someone's bringing something brand new to my attention that I've mm. overlooked or just didn't realize was a factor. I think it's best when someone is able to say, you know, these are my thoughts here and I can respond, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of had a thought about that because it almost, like you said, it kind of validates the work that I'm doing on myself or my product or my project that it gets a little iffy if I'm like, wow, am I blind? Are my instincts wrong? Like what's happening if they're bringing up something that wasn't even on my radar? That's a good point. I've never, I've never thought of it like that before. And you're like, I'm like unpeeling like the the onion of my emotions and feelings right now of when do I feel the most triggered by feedback? Um, yeah, because sometimes I feel like sometimes I know probably what the underlying issue is. And you're right. I don't think I respond as aggressively or as emotionally maybe mm. um, when, I, when I'm sort of like aware of what the feedback is or where it's coming from. What, yeah, I get tripped up on is when I feel like the perception of me, like that wasn't my intention or I just feel like it's completely wrong and mm-hmm. I don't understand where that feedback is coming from. And You are the one – we had an off-the-pod personal friend (laughs) conversation about this just with receiving feedback. In this case, it was in a work environment. And you had mentioned to me some feedback that a professor had shared with you at one point. Oh, yeah. I'll let you share it because it's totally yours. But it has shifted my perspective so much in the last like two months about feedback. Oh, you're so kind. I I should find that professor's email and just give them give them a little thank you. But basically, long story short, I studied a lot of creative writing and screen writing in college and grad school. 
And in grad school, I'd written this script, a pilot, actually. So like a first episode of a hour-long drama. And it was really dark and gritty and edgy. And part of the writing and workshopping process for any sort of creative writing, which I, I wish more disciplines put as strong a focus on it the way that the arts do. But with writing, you share your script and everyone gives feedback. And I was getting feedback that said, oh, this is too dark. You need some moments of levity. You need some humor. Let's throw in a love interest. Let's add this element. And a lot of the feedback I was getting was some of it was kind of conflicting as well. And my professor was giving ideas to change the tone here and there. And like a good student, I took all the feedback, rewrote the script. And then when I submitted the second draft, my professor said, honestly, this is awful. Like this is going in the wrong direction. And I said, what do you mean? I, I took all the feedback you gave. And they mm-hmm. said, you don't have to accept all the feedback you receive. Like feedback is just that it's information that other people are perceiving. It's coming from their worldview. It's not fact. It's just their perspective. And it's up to you as in this case, I was the artist, but even just as a person to take all of that in and decide these are the pieces I want to take with me. And these are the pieces I can say, I hear you. I appreciate your thoughts, but I'm going to do something else. In my case, it was, if you're committed to this theme, stick with it. Why are you making it a comedy? Why does this feel like it's all over the place? Like commit to your vision for your work. And I think as a person, you should also just commit to your vision as a person and in your project. And you don't, it was really mind blowing to me, especially coming from a person in authority. I just, I don't think I knew that I had permission to disregard feedback if it came from someone in charge. And it, it, it shifted my life as well. I just got it a little younger, but huge, <laughs> mind blown. I know. I wish I would have had that feedback earlier in my career. It would have helped solidify maybe some of my confidence as well, because I have definitely let feedback control decisions or control my emotions and my feelings when fundamentally I didn't agree with it at all. And not that I'm not open to feedback or I'm not a receptive person, but it's hard for me to your point when when you're not connecting to it. Mm-hmm. And especially I don't connect to feedback when I feel like it's extremely vague. Um, I feel like we're that we can unpack that, but before that, so I was as I was thinking about feedback and researching other perspectives on it as well, I ran across this amazing article that I'll share in the show notes from Darling Magazine, mm. like a publication uh, mostly directed at um, at women. Uh, they used to they don't do this anymore, but they used to have, or maybe they still do, but articles or things based on a different persona. So if you were like the entertainer or you were like entertainer host, if you were an achiever, if you were this, like they would have certain articles and things for you to read. But this one was about career. And the quotes are, learn to allow only certain opinions to matter. Talking about learning how to receive feedback. And be careful to not absorb feedback from just anyone. It can be difficult to have a full perspective of yourself 
from your own point of view. So this is when character feedback becomes important. And I'm literally reading this verbatim, quote by quote, word by word. Think about whose opinions you value, your spouse, your best friend, your parents, your boss, employee, or coworker, mentors, pastors, or coaches. Whoever it is, determine who are the people who can best speak into your life and help give you direction. These are the people who really know you and can help you recognize the difference between a momentary failing and a negative pattern. So I loved that because, and excuse me if you can hear my dog barking in the back, real life, dog mom life, (laughs) it's okay. Um, But yeah, it's just knowing and hearing critical comments about yourself from people who aren't on that list and deciding whether or not you're going to have those words control you and affect you negatively if that's not something that you feel like is is true about yourself and learning how to like yeah decipher between the two and decide whether it's going towards growth or if maybe i don't know it's it's something it's not worth it yeah I have a lot of thoughts about that. I think fundamentally, I agree with you that there are definitely certain people or organizations or relationships whose opinions matter more to me, 100%, as they should. They've become a close person in my life for a reason. It's an entity that I trust for a reason because we align on certain values and things. So of course, I'm going to value those more. And I think your quote mentioned something about character feedback. And I think that's really Mm -hmm. important where the people close to you are the ones who I really trust to gut check me both in Mm -hmm. These are the ways that you're striving and doing well, uh, thriving, excuse me. And these are little things you should keep in mind, like constructive criticism, because I know it's coming from a place of love and wanting me to be better. That said, I have sometimes gotten very important and beneficial feedback from people who drive me up the wall. And it's so annoying when that happens because interesting. Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's people I look at and think we have totally different moral compasses. You are doing mm-hmm. some shady stuff or I don't like your style in this particular way and our vibes aren't matching, the energy match isn't there mm-hmm. and I want to just disregard <laughs> everything that you say. But sometimes I've had to put my ego aside, which I think is an important part of any kind of leveling up is knowing when to put your ego aside Mm. and listen. And I have gotten some good feedback from unlikely sources. And for me, I mean, I've also gotten feedback from some places where I was like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to that. (laughs) But (laughs) You know, it it is a good, for me at least, a reminder that just because I might disagree or not align with someone in certain ways, even if those are core fundamental ways, they might have an insight or a view to me that 
is something I could learn from and just take take the meat, leave the bones. I don't have to have the whole dish, but there is something I like there. That. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I think I just made it up on the fly. Am I like I, Joan Didion? <laughs> your, your metaphors? Yeah. I, I can't wait to keep having these episodes with you because your metaphors are like out of this world. <laughs> I think I think in like weird analogies, but yeah. I mean, what about you? Have you ever gotten just great feedback from someone that you just, oh, I wish this came from my friend <laughs> instead? You know, oh gosh, this is okay. This is a great topic because I feel like in general, I, I think I want to say I am so good at receiving feedback. But if I, I'm, I'm trying to be very honest with myself in that I am probably on the scale of reactionary between me and you. Mm. I'm probably a little bit more reactionary than you. Mm. Um, and that comes with a lot of, a lot of unpacking. I'll save that for my therapist, but (laughs) for this podcast, (laughs) I do tend to. (laughs) Either react really strongly at first and like, uh, like what? And then process later, or it takes me like it takes me a long time to process. And so, I guess I, I want to caveat that with because sometimes I feel like I probably have received really good feedback from somebody who I may not call them the character feedback, the close friend, you know, mm-hmm. the best friend, but it probably hit me later on in life when it. <laughs> Like it, it should have hit me sooner and it should have hit me in the moment that it happened. But knowing me, I probably understood it later in life and not have even connected the dots that I've received this feedback before. Uh. Um, potentially. Because I'm trying to think of an example right now for that. And, you know, as much as also sometimes your close friends and people who love you Sometimes, sometimes their feedback is not necessarily needed or warranted either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've been mostly speaking in the context of work and career and work environments, but when it comes to like personal relationships and even feedback or opinions on, on you, there's a, there's a lot to that. There, there could be a lot of bias. Like somebody might know a version of you and you might have evolved and changed and you're getting feedback and you're like, wait, you're, you're, you're referencing like 2010, Melissa. Like we're in yeah. 2023. Like I've moved past that, <laughs> you know? And so it doesn't always mean if it's coming from a close friend that it's, warranted or that it's true. So I can't, you know, I love that quote from the article, be careful to not absorb feedback from just anyone. But the addition to that is also be careful not to absorb all feedback from even people that you love or all feedback that doesn't align or that you don't necessarily agree with. Now, I say that (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also being cognitive of the fact that I probably was not as receptive to feedback as I am now. I can honestly say that. And so there is, I don't know, how do you strike that balance between not agreeing with what somebody is saying about you and the and the feedback that you're receiving, but also and like not letting it hurt you and 
overtake you and overwhelm you, but also being open to feedback and not just like reacting to feedback, which I'm sure we all have done before. Yeah, I I'm a I'm a reactionary person, but I I think I have a better poker face is is something that I'm good at. Like I'm very good at keeping my emotions hidden. So it's not that I don't have an immediate response. I'm just, if you think about like fight or flight, I Mm. like freeze, (laughs) like option three. I'm like, okay, calm on the surface. My little duck feet are like flying (laughs) underneath the water. And (laughs) And I'll leave that situation and unpack everything in my own time at my own pace because it does maybe sometimes take is, me maybe. take me a little time yeah <laughs> maybe we're on the same level of reaction on the scale and i do not have a poker face <laughs> sometimes that's good though sometimes it's good to just let people know in the moment like how you're feeling um yeah, and sometimes maybe. that happens to me and people are like oh we're not used to seeing this i'm like well <laughs> sorry oh that's a <laughs> She's good here. too um I've actually but, received that feedback before, but we can unpack that later. I know. It's it's like a double-edged sword because I also like my face says everything, even if my like mouth doesn't. So that's another thing I'm separate feedback I'm working on. But to your point about, you know, your question, like how do you stay open to feedback but also not absorb anything? I think for me, what I try to do is just remember that everyone's feedback is specific to their experience or that particular situation. Mm -hmm. So I have a really good friend and he, I think is just such a visionary person. Like he has great ideas, big energy. He loves to get the ball moving. And we have worked together several times and he's usually praised for that really imaginative, creative And it's one of the things I really enjoy about our conversations and collaborating with him. But sometimes we've been in situations where that strength that 90% of people have praised him for, he's heard the opposite. Oh, he's always thinking of these big ideas. Like, why is he always rocking the boat? And I see that actually happen a lot with my friends or even myself, like the very things that people love about me and that I love about myself and think are a strength to another audience are seen as my biggest weakness. And it it's the same characteristic. It's the same behavior. It just a different situation or a different audience calls for different things. And that doesn't mean, again, that you should code switch and shape shift constantly. I mean, I think subconsciously a lot of us do kind of code switch in our lives anyway. I know I do a lot between like, especially work and personal, like there's a big like light switch (laughs) between those versions of myself, like you mentioned. And so I think it is good for me to just remember this is the direction I'm going or what I want to develop into. And I'm open to receiving all feedback that supports pushing me in that way. And if someone's bringing new feedback that is totally different from what I've heard from several other people that seems to be guiding me in a different direction, 
I still want to hear it because it's good to know. I mean, you know, if you're starting a business, it's good to know that some customers might feel that way. Maybe they're not your target audience, but it's still just good to have a heads up. But it doesn't mean that I always want to take heed of that advice. It's more of a thank you. I don't know if this one is serving me currently, but good to know. You know, it's always just good to know what's out there. That's a great Oh gosh, that's a lot of what you were saying about the visionary and someone's that piece of their personality and some you know they've also sort of received criticism on the other end of that um my gosh, I I'm I'm even thinking about certain situations where I'm where I'm the person giving the feedback and I've actually responded <laughs> to um some feedback that I've had in the past around visionary leaders and Mm. how sometimes like for me personally at work, I don't always love that. I think there's a time and place for visionary, for visionary planning and, and stuff. Like when things are on fire, I like for some people to roll up their sleeves and like boots on the ground, like let's go grab your pitchfork. Let's start chipping away at this. <laughs> it's like you know? Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, not that gruesome, but very just like, let's get down to business. Another Disney reference um, to Mulan. <laughs> let's get down to business and defeat the Huns. Um, but I, you know, in the heat of the moment where I've just, I'm overwhelmed and I have a lot going on, you know, I think that there is no place for vision in right now. And I'm like, you just need to get down and, and get this done. But hearing your perspective on having someone who is visionary, who can think outside the box. And I'm like, oh, is my feedback towards that person that I've, you know, thinking about in my head right now, is that even, is that even appropriate feedback for me to have? You know, like. It, I'm going to interrupt I, you. I think all I think almost all feedback is appropriate. Almost, mm. obviously there are going to be some exceptions, but I do yeah, I think if it's a feeling or a perception you have, that's that's valid. Yeah. It's how that fair. person interprets it in the context of their life. Again, they might hear your feedback and say Psh, whatever. And I guess that you know, that's a really great way to think about receiving the feedback. Kind of how we just talked about this scenario where I'm like, is it okay for me to have this feedback? Now I'm sort of second guessing my feedback and I know and I have all these experiences of why, you know, maybe I've have some like work trauma unpacking of why I don't want to work with someone who's more visionary, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and so I think that just made me feel a little bit more humble or feel a little bit more um, okay with receiving feedback I don't necessarily agree with because to your point, every human is having their own experience and we're all having our different experiences all at the same time. And sometimes they don't line up with one another. And yeah, maybe just to, I can't think of a beautiful, beautiful way to put this, but taking it, taking what people are saying with a grain of salt and maybe you're in charge of how much power you give those words. I think that was very beautiful. What are you talking I was, about? I was trying to connect, like, do like a beautiful, like, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But 
you know, adding some flavor in it. Yeah, you know, I was trying to make it work and it didn't. But I, I think I like the the giving words a certain amount of power that you decide because it's true. And yeah. I need to be better at that. I just – sometimes I feel like words are like 100% and so I take it at 100% and that gets my get, that gets me in trouble with my emotions because I let it overtake me. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny. I, I was reading an article when we said that we were going to talk about this topic in Forbes, I think it was, it was, it was talking about feedback fatigue. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes as well. And Ooh, there is, I know, fatigue, listen, there's so many, <laughs> so many. Um, and they talked about there is a balance to how much feedback and sort of the ratio of feedback mm-hmm. of positive to I don't want to say negative but positive to critical feedback critical in the sense of like criticism and they posited that in interpersonal relationships it's a 5 to 1 ratio that you need five positive interactions to offset every one negative interaction oh. which I don't know if I'm dead inside, but that just seemed like a lot. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a that's a huge like ratio. I think you need a balance for sure. Um, like, I don't know, maybe my self esteem is like too high, but I was like, I don't, five to one seems like a lot. That is actually very surprising. I don't know if I'm I'm like sharing too much of your information, but. As a Leo, I kind of expected you to be okay with that ratio. You know, I mean, I'm okay. Well, this is like a whole other thing. <laughs> Words of affirmation is not my love language, not my primary love language. Um, I, I like it. That. It's up there, but it's it's not my number one. So maybe I think I I like to give positive feedback and like I give words of mm-hmm. affirmation more than I need it. So I appreciate it when I hear it. Like. I like it. But if someone gives me a two to one ratio of like, here's something great you did. Here's something else positive. Now I have something like constructive. I think that's okay. I think I'm, I mean, it depends. It depends on the person, the circumstance, our relationship. If we have a good relationship, you don't always have to give me like a compliment sandwich. You can just like get to what you want to tell me because we've mm. we've built up a history of years of positive interactions that I'm not doing the ratio anymore but what do you think about that do you th- I think balance for sure needs to be there I don't think your soul interactions with someone should only be here are things to improve I think that yeah. is not that doesn't feel great but how do you feel about the 5 to 1 well, I'm going to spill a little tea on myself. It's fine. It's part of growth, evolving, failing forward. The feedback I've received in the past for more interpersonal relationships, not so much work relationships, but that my, <laughs> my ratio is probably flipped, <laughs> that I give harsher uh. feedback than I do positive feedback probably is part of my reactionaryness too. Mm. It's changed a lot. Like I'm talking this is like you know 
I like to think of it as like, you know, 2015, maybe Melissa, where I just, and you know, I'm going to blame it on the stars, even though sometimes that's my pet peeve (laughs) when people do that because it feels like an excuse, but I'm going to blame it on the stars a little bit where Virgos in particular, hi, Virgo, (laughs) we tend to just want the best out of ourselves and out of people and therefore come at it from a FYI standpoint, but Mm. it comes off as like bro chill. You know, gotcha. and I'm dating a Libra. I'm, I'm dating. I'm married to. Excuse me. Well, you hope you're still dating to. your husband. <laughs> I'm, I'm still dating Eric, but um, I'm married to a Libra, and I feel like that ratio. I was laughing because the ratio is so spot on for my Libras out there who need a lot more positive affirmation, mm. who need a lot of like praise, and just needs that kind of stuff, and so. When you put a, a Virgo in the mix, sometimes we should we could probably turn up the dial on maybe not so much the compliment sandwich, but just cushion, just mm-hmm. a cushion, right? Um, Cushions I are think nice. It's a little bit better, which is. But then when I think about it, so I mean, even though I could dial it down on the harsh and dial it up on the on the niceness or the kindness. It's just like a mix of care and candor, right? I think yeah. that honestly, as much as I want to agree with the five to one ratio, I was also reading an article and it talked about I like alliteration, so I like to use the word care and candor. But they I were love speaking, that. <laughs> they were speaking to it in terms of kindness and candor. And they were speaking to it in terms of like gender and how women receive feedback or given feedback to versus men. Um, Mm. But it was talking about how it's actually like women often get more of a cushion and more of the kindness versus the candor, which actually stunts their performance at work because you're not getting gritty, real feedback. And so it it really is more – the goal is it for it to be equitable. Like you need both. Mm-hmm. And men happen to typically, okay, research says uh, in this article that uh, men tend to get the more actionable feedback yeah. versus women. And so I guess this is a long way of answering your question that I – having a strong point of view now that I disagree with that, I think equal. Like I think eventually – these things will like cancel out each other. So maybe one day you're get you're you're giving the five, and you know you know maybe you're doing the three, or you know, it's not perfect math, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it eventually it needs to just be evened out with the care and candor. And as I think about how I receive feedback, I prefer that. I you should, I mean I don't know. <laughs> I need a my emotions sometimes get the best of me, but fundamentally, I think I I strive to appreciate and want and crave the all guts out on the table. Like I don't really like sugarcoating, even yeah. though I'm so guilty of it sometimes. Very guilty of it. I as a receiver, I don't like sugarcoating. Like I'd rather you tell me what's up. And you tell me in a way that is not aggressive or judgmental or just 
plain mean or rude, but is told to me in a way to help pro- progress me, improve me. Um, yeah. And there's like a tonality to it. There's also um, just like built up relationships with people and built up trust. You talked about that earlier too. And so if I'm getting this feedback, all gets out on the table from somebody that I don't have any trust with. Yeah, it's not nice to hear and I might not receive it as well, but I do prefer it in my more true intimate relationships. And not intimate just like romantic, but just intimate isn't just closeness. Right. And I'm I'm similar to you and I think I have an update to what I said earlier. I think when I am soliciting feedback, I am much more comfortable with it being fully equal. You know, if I'm asking you, what do you think of this? What are your thoughts here? I want you to be honest because I asked. Mm. I have a friend right now who she's piloting something really exciting and I'm not going to say if, when it works out for her, whatever that timeline looks like, I definitely want to bring her on the pod because she's getting ready to start something super thrilling. But she sent me a video last night um, because she has to do like an audition interview for this thing. And she said, I want your feedback. What do you think? And she and I have a very open relationship that I know she doesn't want me to just say this is the best thing I've ever seen. I thought it was great. I mean, honestly, I thought it was really good. But I did say, hey, here's a thought about this thing. Maybe it's just me. But and I realized that's couching right there. I don't even need to say that. But <laughs> like that, I'm already softening my feedback uh, to your earlier point about sugarcoating. But I did want to, you know, mention things that I perceived as an area for improvement because she asked. And I think if someone's Mm -hmm. asking, and at least for me, because I am someone who is really goal oriented and I do care a lot about self-improvement, I want you to, again, give me all this information and I will decide what I do with it. I might not take all of it, but I I would rather have it. Mm -hmm. If it is unsolicited feedback, if you are just coming in to share your opinions. Coming in hot. If you're coming in hot... I think that's maybe more when when the ratio has a little more fluctuation. Because again, sometimes people might give you important feedback that you didn't ask for, but you needed. If I'm starting a business, my customers yeah. might tell me something that I need to know about the market that I didn't ask, but will ultimately help me shape my product or service better. My partner might say, hey, I know you're self-aware, but you don't seem to be aware of this. And it's something that I think should be addressed for us to continue having mm. a peaceful relationship. So sometimes it, mm. you're not always going to get things when you ask. Sometimes they come to you unsolicited. But I think when it is unsolicited is when I'm especially sensitive. Like my ears are especially peaked for tone, how you phrase it the setting in which it's coming, the headspace. Like, did you just like pounce on me in the middle of a vulnerable moment with this hard truth? Or were we in a good vibe and it felt like a comfortable time to introduce the topic? Were we in a 
come to Jesus sort of um, intervention <laughs> where we couldn't yeah. really stage a moment. It just had to happen. I think there are a lot more variables when I, when it's unsolicited that impact how I receive it versus, Hey, I want your thoughts, you know? Yes, 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 yes. My mind is going, this is eye opening, heart opening, head opening. Like this is so good. Um, I can literally apply what we're talking about tomorrow in this instant, actually. So we might have had this conversation together off the pod once upon a time. Um, I'm assuming it's you because I feel like all of my good conversations happen <laughs> to be with you. And I feel like we were talking about annual reviews. And if – this might have come from your mouth, but it's okay. I'll – I'll share just in case it wasn't. I have a terrible memory, so I, I might not even know if it was me. <laughs> and it was about like if I'm hearing feedback for the first time in my annual review, mm -hmm. then WTF. You it's know, not a review. It's, it's not, not a review. review. This is sharing information for the first time. I had a manager say Ooh, that to me. Okay, it was And you. it was perfect. Yeah, well, it was from the mouth of my manager through me. And I loved it. They said, a review should be a review. New information should not be coming up snap, for the snap, first snap, time. Snap, 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 Otherwise, snap. it's not a review. <laughs> like, yeah, you just got to – the venue of like introducing some of these things and the timing is important. You know, mm -hmm. a review, if you're getting, if you're gearing up to advocate for yourself or a raise, a promotion or whatever, whatever, we should be recapping things that I already knew and was working on. Don't tell yes. me here are 12 new things that we just didn't share with you before. <laughs> like, yes, what, what, okay. I'm on the spot. <laughs> like, what am I going to say now? I need time to get my brain together. Yeah. Because everything you were saying, right? I was like, wait, you're... We've we've had this conversation before. I'm having deja vu, and it was specific to annual reviews. Um, and okay, so this article I was reading about. I'll share the link. I'm not going to walk through all of these because it it was honestly really good advice and feedback, <laughs> really good advice and feedback on receiving and giving feedback. And it was some advice for getting better feedback. And to your point, like time and place, what's the venue? What's the dress code? What's the tone? Mm. Where are we at with this? <laughs> what and am I wearing? <laughs> what am I wearing to this? A lot of it was like, don't ask for feedback randomly. Um, consider who you're asking feedback from. Okay. We've, mm -hmm. we've talked about this common theme here. And this, this uh, new terminology, which I haven't even heard about before, was flash feedback. And flash feedback is like, yes, a little bit like – it's not random, but it's timely. So let's say you just had this big presentation at work and this was your first time leading the project, project management, all the fun stuff, and you've just been working on public speaking in general. You've been mm -hmm. working on your presentation skills, eliminating the word jar – the jargons like uh, ums and – you know, all those, uh, all those yeah. things, likes, and you solicit feedback from your manager immediately. I, they were defining that as flash feedback. I like uh, that. And then following up with during maybe moments of feedback or 
talking about projects, following up with how will this improve my skills or visibility in your organization? Um, so anyway, I'll drop that in because it was dropping some really nice gold nuggets about better ways to get feedback. And you're right. It is very much around time and place. Is it from the tonality of it? And also just like where you are. I know speaking from experience, when I am overwhelmed at work, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. We, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. But sometimes like I just feel like I need to push through and get something done versus constantly be interrupted on this moment of maybe weakness that I've had. Like can we unpack it later? Mm-hmm. I'm also open and receptive now that I'm away from that moment in time. Like I can sit back and think about, okay, is that good? Was that should I have done that? Um, but yeah, for me personally, if I'm like overwhelmed, I don't want to hear it. I'd rather be in a calmer <laughs> state of mind. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe that's the general consensus. But yeah, no, I'm similar. I I think I I mentioned earlier that I I can have a good poker face and I'm good. I'm good at keeping certain intense emotions under wraps and kind of processing that on my own. But you're right. When I am very overwhelmed or stressed, like my stress response is to cry. And it's not a Mm. sadness related crying. I think, I think there's some women who can relate to me. At least some of the women I've spoken to are like, yeah, I just get to a point. Yeah. Where I, I'm the exact opposite of my work self where I have no control over my emotions. My emotions are 100% in the driver's seat. They're controlling me. And it's like, it like a snap of a finger, nothing, anything will set me off. It doesn't have to be anything super negative. And for me, it's, it's a good check-in also to recognize when my stress has really gotten too too high up. If I am pushed to just burst into tears spontaneously, and I can think of several key moments, key unfortunate moments in my life where I've just burst into tears, and it's not the time or place. And it's, it's like you said, it's a stress response. And even if the feedback isn't harsh, even if it's delivered with a lot of kindness, it, I'm just not in the space to receive it. So you're right. I think a, yeah. a good headspace is also a good place because the problem with that too is that I genuinely like feedback. And sometimes when you have an emotional response, people think that's a precedent. I can't be honest with her anymore. And that's not the mm-hmm. case. It's like you hit me in a sensitive moment and half the time the sensitivity has nothing to do with you or what's happening in this feedback. It's other stuff. And I don't want to set people up to think that I... I don't want that information or those insights. So yeah, it mm. you have to be in control a little bit of hang on, can like you said, can we talk about this later? Can we talk about this tomorrow? Sometimes you don't always have control over the situation and you just have to take it and that yeah. sucks. But if you do have control, try and try and time that to your advantage when you're when you're in a better place to receive it. Yeah, I need to take that advice myself. Um I touched on – I want to – I know we have to round out this conversation and I think this will help me get there because I mentioned this earlier 
And as I've continued to grow in my career and just grow personally, this is one thing I cannot stand. And I will use the word hate. And that is Mm. I hate vague feedback. Yes, you said that. I hate vague feedback. And what I mean by that is when there is no action behind it or examples that we can Mm -hmm. talk about and unpack and move forward from it. It's almost just like a their word vomit. They just say it and you're like, okay, great. What does that even mean? (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Got it. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, we'll circle back on this in my next 101. Like, what? Um, And I have – I don't know what it is. I have repeatedly received extremely vague feedback in my career. (laughs) (sighs) I don't know what it is. And sometimes, like, you know, this is – this is going to come off way cocky and I don't mean it to. But sometimes I'm like, are you just providing feedback for the sake of providing feedback? Or is this true feedback of something I really need to work on? Because I just need examples, folks. And it's okay mm-hmm. to like pull up receipts. I don't mind them. I keep them myself. Um, but like show me the receipts. I won't be offended. I promise. <laughs> Don't be vague with me. <laughs> no, I I completely agree with you. And I think when I think about piloting, like what we're talking about here, people who are risk takers, go-getters, craving a change, it's like at the beginning of any 12-step program where the first step to making a change is identifying what the problem is and admitting that I am X. Yeah, you have to acknowledge it. And if someone can't, if if you haven't recognized that in yourself, in your own self-work and, you know, objective internal look at yourself, um, and the person who's trying to help you can't also point out specifics, mm. you're not set up for success. You're You're just not set up to to make that change, to, to do the thing. Like you, you need, Mm. I I need to know, okay, this is something to work on. For example, yesterday when you said this, or this was something that our stakeholders said, they pointed to this link. Let's look at this exchange online or, you know, whatever the case may be. My family member said this. And so I'm trying to pivot and, you know, chart a new relationship there. Like, give me concrete examples. Because to your point, then it just sounds like vague observations. And like we said earlier, Mm -hmm. I need, I need all the facts so that I can determine if it's feedback I'm going to take. And I don't want to disregard feedback that's very useful because there were lack of details. Are these other F words that you're just like spouting out, like fact over feeling? When it comes to feedback? <laughs> Ooh, fact over fe- – listen, we've got a rapper in us. Like you're <laughs> – so, well, I guess rapping, like it has to rhyme at the end, not just start with the same letter, but we're starting somewhere. It's poetry. It's poetry. It's poetry. Um, okay, one last thought because it this, this brings me back to what our center of gravity always is and that's piloting. 
And this is also from a Harvard, um, Harvard Business Review article where, again, we're talking about vague feedback. The quote is, inaccurate, unhelpful, or unclear feedback, even when motivated by the desire to be kind, can end up obscuring critical growth opportunities. And this is specific to the women-men conversation we had earlier, and mm-hmm. cause women to be less likely to get important job assignments, raises, or promotions. So when we think about growth, to your point, when we think about that pivotal moment of where you decide to make a change, um, all that good stuff, yeah, when you don't have the facts in front of you, it's really hard to crystallize your step moving forward. And hearing this actually makes me so sad uh, to, you know, sort of like simplify this emotion, maybe angry as well of the fact that we can get stunted. Our growth can be stunted by others Mm -hmm. because of an opinion that they may have or just not being clear enough and concise in what they're saying. And so instead of like having an actionable bullet list of like, here's what it takes to get to X. Here's what the types of things that you need to work on, not necessarily needs to be quantified by any means, by numbers, but, you know, just better feedback. Um, Where to your point, the duck in the water (laughs) trying to stay afloat and be like, okay, so um, homeboy said something to me and I guess I have to think about how I come off in this meeting because they said that I do this and that, you know, and it just Mm -hmm. spiral. (laughs) Yeah. A specific example saves the spiral and it also helps the person who's giving feedback potentially see the results that they want to see quicker. Yeah. So it's a win-win for everyone. I love that. Okay. Let's end on that. I loved that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Win-win. You get to see me stop doing that thing that you don't like and I can be better. You get a win, and I get a win, and everyone gets a win, and we all get better. At the end of the day, that's all we want. That's all we want. We want better results at work. Yeah, of course. We want to meet the bottom line, and we also just want to be better people. At least preach. (laughs) Period. I like that. Put a stamp on that. Um, Well, speaking of better things. Shall we move into our gold star segment? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'll go first. How about that? I love it. Okay. Mine is really, really random and a little bit obscure, but it's fine. Randomly, my gold star this week is for the subculture of fangirling. I say that in quotes, fangirling, of just having these like random fan accounts for pop culture or just shows or things. <laughs> and it used to be really prevalent in like, you know, Tumblr days where there would be Tumblr pages for just fandom stuff. But lately I have been – this algorithm is <laughs> sending me all of these like fan-made videos, A, about Marvel, which – Oh god, that's another gold star, but it's fine. I'll, it's a gold star. That's like six gold stars. But this gold star in particular, it also started me started feeding me videos on Pedro Pascal. Oh. 
And of course, I'm watching them and absorbing them and engaging with them. Always a gold star. (laughs) And I see who's making the videos and there's these like fan accounts. And these folks spend time curating these videos, sourcing these memes, creating these like music, like, you know, B-roll, like huge production videos. And I can't help but love them. So my goal, like half of the gold stars to like the fan accounts and the other half goes to Pedro Pascal. Love it. Peace, love, Pascal. (laughs) Put that on a poster in your kitchen. I would, I would frame that. (laughs) Peace, love, Pascal. Should should that be part of our merch program? Peace, love, Pascal. Even brand ambassador. I love that. I think, I think the fan community thing is cool because for so long we were given these images that being aloof and distant and not caring was cool. But I love when someone's enthusiastic and they love something. I think when I was younger, I probably bought more into the don't try too hard. Don't show too much emotion. Don't get too geeked Mm. out on this unless it's really popular. Otherwise, you're going to look uncool. But now I think it's so pure to see people just get really excited about something they love, especially if it's not hurting anyone. Like, go make all of your little fan videos. That's awesome. I like them. I'll watch them. So that's that's a good one. Um, my gold star, since I gave away my dumplings earlier, I'll stick with the Asian theme, actually. So over the weekend, I rewatched Memoirs of a Geisha, which is one of my favorite movies. And I was explaining it to my friend. Like, you know how some guys just love Rocky? It's this underdog story. This guy's like trying to be a boxer. He's running up the steps in Philadelphia. I think Memoirs of a Geisha is my Rocky. It's just like such a beautiful movie about this young girl who goes through so much hardship in her life to eventually become a geisha, which even that is an amazing goal, but it's still, you know, not perfect. There are compromises in there. And it's just such a beautiful story about resilience and inner strength and discipline. And it's just, it's just really, I think I forgot how much I liked because it's been like years since I've seen it. And then watching it again, I, I thought this is it. my in a long time ever. Time. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. In a long time. Oh, watch it again. And you will, you'll just find it so inspiring because this poor girl is like sold by her family. She's basically trafficked with her sister off to this town. She and her sister get separated And they're like, hey, you're going to go work at this geisha house. And her whole life is turned upside down. And she just maintains hope and positivity. And she works hard. And it's just a beautiful story of someone. I love story. I love any underdog story. I mean, Rocky is great, too. But anyone overcoming obstacles and persevering. I know. Oops. That's okay. I I like see on a million years ago. I don't think I remember <laughs> anything. Um, but yeah, that's my gold star. Memoirs Aww. of a Geisha and any sort of underdog perseverance movie story. <laughs> that makes me want to reread the book and rewatch the movie. There was definitely a lot of like capital T trauma <laughs> for the character. Yeah. Know? Yeah. She but, went through a lot. <laughs> well, what I'm manifesting kind of connects to that. Like, 
overcoming and sort of like this underdog story. But um, what the quote that I'm manifesting today is, or manifesting this week is let it hurt, let it heal, let it go. Oof. I feel like I need a deep breath after saying that. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. And I need to do that. Um, I think too, I, this definitely goes along with some of our feedback theme of the conversation of if you've received unkind words or you're having an not so great experience with something at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Be in your feels. Let it hurt. Let it, you know, process it. Let that heal, you know, in whichever way, shape or form you need that to heal. And then just let it go. Move on. Enjoy your life. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Let it hurt. Let it heal. Let it go. I love that. I'm manifesting deep breaths this week. Deep breathing. I think we all do a lot of shallow breathing throughout most of the day. We're not really stopping to take a deep breath. It's usually when I'm in like a yoga or Pilates class that I realize, hmm, how many deep breaths did I take? And this was motivated by an excerpt from one of my favorite poets, Mary Oliver. She's an American poet. I, I, she's like one of the only poets who I've just sat down and read a massive collection of her poems cover to cover. Like she's just brilliant. And she has this line in one of her poems, listen, are you breathing just a little and calling it a life? And every time I see that, I think, you're right. Like, I don't want to breathe just a little and call it a life. I want to take a deep breath and let it all in. And like your manifestation, let it all out. Like, are you breathing just a little and calling it a life? Don't do that, guys. Chase your dreams. Do what you want to do and take deep breaths. That's so funny. I literally said deep breath. Before you even said your manifestation was deep breath. Oh, I mi- I'm telling you, I miss that, but that's insane. The magic and of Mary. Renee and I both take – well, I haven't been doing this a long time, but we both enjoy yoga. Yeah. And so what you said just spoke so clear to me because that's exactly what we do in every practice is the first five minutes is about – I mean, the whole exercise is about breathing. Mm-hmm. And once you're actually able to – breathe like they a lot of instructors talk about being in that moment and so if your mind starts to wander because yoga a lot of yoga is about being present so as, as your mind starts to wander they say always come back to your breathing and when you do that you're automatically centered oof i love that, that. Good. let it That's hurt what I needed let it heal let it go and take a deep breath. Deep breaths. I love that. Also should go on merch. Okay. <laughs> That's also what we're manifesting, by the way. Yes. <laughs> I don't, manifesting I don't merch at some point. I'm not being subtle about it. It's okay. Speak truth into existence. I love it. Um, well, thank you always, Renee, for this heart-opening, eye-opening, mind-blowing conversation Thank you. I always enjoy talking to you. So thank you. 
Yeah. And thank you all for listening. Um, we hope you got a little bit of something from this conversation. And speaking of feedback, Renee and I are also very open and receptive to feedback. So our email is in the show notes. If you have good feedback, bad feedback, um, we're all ears, all hearts, open. No ego. And no ego. No Mm-mm. ego, amigo. Not here. <laughs> So thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Peace, love, Pascal. (laughs) 